Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined on the line later today by the amazing Venus Lau. Now, a little bit of a expedited time frame, if you will, for this week's episode. The amazing people uh, that produce my podcast actually want to take some time off around the holidays, which I 100% respect. So I'm going to give you a couple quick snippets of this week, uh, a little rah-rah motivation, and then we're just going to get right into this week's episode. So as you know, if you listen to the show every week, this past week I got to go and hang out with my good friend Pat Rigsby uh, for some business advisory stuff that was very, very necessary for me personally. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on the show, but I think we all hit these, these patches in life, and some are shorter or longer than others. But I've kind of hit this patch where I feel like, okay, I am successful and I'm doing things at a pretty high level, but I also feel like I'm not quite where I want to be. And I also felt like I was getting more and more added to my plate and therefore I was doing a worse and worse job of getting everything that I wanted to done. I wasn't prioritizing very well. So it was super valuable to sit down with Pat. We just sat down for a half day and kind of hash things out. I mean, honestly, we had pretty much everything done. We had four hours. I think we had it done in three. <laughs> Basically, you know, he knows my business well enough and I'm, I'd like to think self-aware enough to know what I do well, what I don't do well. And so we had everything hashed out. And the best thing about Pat is you probably as a business owner or maybe as uh, an athlete or a coach, sometimes you have all these thoughts bouncing around in your head and you're like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm trying to do too much and I'm not prioritizing. So Pat just has this amazing ability to step back. He's got the 30,000 foot view and he can help you really focus on two or three critical things. And I think he did that for both iFast and RTS. I know very clearly what I need to do for the next one to three months to move the needle and to get things moving in the direction that I want them to. So very rewarding experience there. Unfortunately, tonight is Star Wars 9, so I can't comment on that yet. I know I talked about this in the last show. Just hoping it's an amazing movie. That's all I want. It doesn't have to be the best Star Wars ever, but I'm pretty into it, as you can probably tell. I just want it to be a good movie. I want to have a nice resolution you know, to all the things that they pulled out over these, especially these last two, where they kind of went back and recycled a lot of the same thoughts. And, you know, they kind of, the end of six was like a pretty, pretty decent ending. So to go back and like pull all that back out and put it back into the mix, it feels like there's a lot on the line in this movie. So I'm excited. We got our tickets 6.05 tonight. Kiddos get out of school. I'm going to hit the uh, pizzeria. There's a pizza place right next door. We're going to have pizza. We're going to watch the movie and hopefully it's awesome. Last but not least, it is not missed on me the simple fact that this is our last episode for 2019, and my friends, it's been a pretty freaking good year. I would argue to say that this has been the most successful year of the podcast, so I would like to just pause for one quick moment and thank you. I appreciate you listening to this show. I do my best to find engaging people to interview. I do my best to bring something of value to the table every single week. And the fact that we're not the biggest industry in the world, especially as trainers and coaches, you know, we're like a small subsect of the vast human population. But to know that every month people like you are tuning in, hopefully getting better as a result of listening to the show, I truly appreciate that. So whether it's wrapping up the holidays Man, I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I hope you have an amazing start to 2020. I know it's going to be an amazing year for all of us. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to evolve. And we're going to continue to get better at this thing that we are so passionate about, which is health, which is fitness, and helping our clients, our athletes, as well as ourselves, get the absolute most out of your body. So my friend, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into this awesome show with the one and only Venus Lau. Hey friend, Mike Robertson here. And before we jump into this week's episode, I wanna talk to you about something real quick. If you're listening to this show, you realize the power of coaches. Whether you're a trainer or coach yourself, or maybe an athlete who has worked with coaches in the past, you know just how hard it is to accomplish truly amazing feats when you're doing everything on your own. And I'm no different. In fact, I've come to the realization that I'm just not where I wanna be in certain areas of my life. And I've hired multiple coaches in 2020 to help me get to where I wanna go. 
So you're probably thinking, what the heck does this have to do with me? Great question. I'm looking to expand my coaching services in 2020. And if you're looking to take your health, physique, or performance to the next level, I'd love to work with you. I've got two primary training options if you'd be interested in working together. Number one is my private online coaching platform. In this program, you'll work with me directly to carve out a training program that is specific to your unique needs and goals. Every month, you'll get an updated workout to make sure the program is challenging and we'll communicate back and forth to make sure your technique is on point and that you're making progress each and every month. A second option would be my annual training group. In this program, we go through four three-month phases of training, building the engine, leaning season, athletic domination, and stronger. But the cool part of this program is that it's more than just a training program. Every month, you'll not only get a new workout to follow, but we'll also have monthly challenges where we develop habits in regards to nutrition, recovery, and mindset to help ensure that next year is your best year ever. So if you're interested in online coaching, you can learn more at robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash coaching. Or if you're interested in the annual training group, you can learn more at robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. And if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free, email me directly at mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com and I'll try to point you in the right direction. Regardless of which option you might choose, I'd love the chance to work with you next year and help make 2020 your best year ever. Venus Lau is a certified trainer specializing in movement and flow since 2007 and located in Los Angeles, California. She has coached professional athletes, other coaches and movement professionals, celebrities, physical rehabilitation patients, kids, elderly, your average Joe and Joe, and everything in between. Venus has also created several online fitness programs and just launched her own Venus Fit subscription app for accessibility to more students globally. She's able to meet her clients where they're at, and her unique approach combines both holistic and scientific elements while giving permission for the mover to explore beyond the rules. In this show, Venus starts by sharing her very personal story of losing her parents at an early age and how that influenced her thoughts on training, what it means to train like a human, what a flow is, and why we should be focusing more on how we function versus simply how we look. Venus is just an amazing human being and someone with a truly fresh outlook on training, so I really hope you enjoy this show. But enough for me, let's do this. Well, Venus, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. Super excited to chat with you. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am your average Asian from a small city in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so normal, right? It's very normal. (laughs) Venus is my real name. I get that asked a lot. For sure. And I grew up in a small city in Texas called San Angelo. And I was very quiet. I didn't really have much of a identity other than let do what my parents tell me to do. And because I was quiet, I I gravitated towards sports because it was almost like to me, it was an expression. It was a way for my body to speak Mm -hmm. since I was so quiet and I was very shy. I'm not anymore, obviously, but (laughs) I was going to say, I'm just trying to imagine you being shy, but Yes. Yeah, I was I was extremely shy. I was and I was very quiet when I was a kid until I got to like, you know, high school. But until then, I I really was just a very very quiet kid. And what I love about movement and, you know, why I gravitate towards sports was it was like that validation. And I think that's really important for I mean, I think a lot of kids, especially kids who were athletes, they they feel that way, but you know, yep. and it could be a very healthy thing. And it can also be a very unhealthy thing. It can be something where like, that's your only identity, but it's also a way for, it could be healthy for an expression and building team and teamwork and ethics. And that's what happened to me. And so I was one of those kids that I was in a lot of different sports and I excelled a lot in sports and I, I played golf in college played for Baylor University. But before then, I was also a I was a swimmer, I was a soccer player, I played volleyball, tennis, you know, I was a good Asian. I also played piano and yes. <laughs> a lot of a lot of different things, you know, karate, like you name it. I literally I did every activity okay. as a kid. And I was already working out three times a week or four times a week with a workout program by the time I was 13 years old. So <laughs> Wow, that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've always been very like, if I want to do something, I want to do it really well. And even when I was 13, I would be cutting out magazine clippings and being like, I want to take this to the gym and learn how to do this. So yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. That's awesome. So what got you interested? I mean, you said you were working out at like 13, but like what led you into that world? Like what got you started working out? What made you say, oh, this is something I need to do. Was it just Mm -hmm. to be better at sports or? It was a combination of a few things. It was the fact that I was already an athlete. I was really into being a high performer. Also, not going to lie, being, having Asian parents who were very like, you're going to, you have to be the best. Mm -hmm. And again, healthy and unhealthy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But also my dad, he worked out. And so I would go with him to the gym and it was a way to bond with my dad. And both of my parents were pretty active. Like they played all the country club sports, you know, like, so they, they were big golfers and tennis players. And so that's why I ended up playing golf. And it was funny because well, it's not funny, but my, my mom basically forced me to quit other sports so I could focus on golf. Gotcha. And then they sent me to teachers like Dick Harmon, Butch Harmon, Brian Gathright, Phil Ritson in Florida. I was being, my parents would fly me there like four to six times a year and I would stay with my coach and I would, I was like that kid. They were grooming me to become a professional golfer. Okay. And so then, you know, I got a scholarship. I went to Baylor and played for Baylor. And during that time, my dad had gotten cancer, stage four cancer. And he passed away before I graduated. And it was, it was really rough. It was like this really interesting part of my life that I realized it looking back now, like I'm, I'm 40 years old now. So it's, it's been a while. Right. And so looking back now, it was almost like, it was like the worst, I would say it's the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was also like the best thing that ever happened to me. Cause I was able to have my own identity right. when that happened. And then my mom passed away three and a half years after my dad died from cancer as well. Wow. And so it really forces me to look at the body in a completely different way. I think at one point in my working career, I was a pharmaceutical rep too. Oh, wow. Which I didn't is, know that. Most people don't know that. Yeah. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep when I was like 25. And so there's a lot of interesting paths of why I believe what I believe and, and how I choose to move and what I think is important because I was a former athlete. I've been through the whole strength and conditioning. Right. I also have been your general like gen pop fitness trainer. I have, you know, I know what it feels like when it, and it comes to health and holistic health. And so I'm, I'm a very big believer that everything's really important and all encompassing. And my experience as a trainer and a movement coach, you know, really it's, it's that it's kind of like, you know, whenever you meet a new trainer and they're really married to their camp of thinking. Yes, yes. <laughs> and as soon as I meet someone and they're really married to their camp of thinking, I'm always like, okay, either they're a really new trainer or they don't surround themselves with diverse ideas For sure. and people. And so that's what I, you know, I, I appreciate you be having me on this podcast, you being in the strength conditioning world and the, what I do know about you is, is really cool. Like yeah. even how, how I met you at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. And I'm, I'm still just mind blown about the fact that you're 40. Like you do not. <laughs> so it's so funny. We had a guy that worked for us. He was Asian for like seven years and we used to joke around. It's like, you're going to look like you're 40, but then when you like, then you look like you're 80. It's like, there's no in between. You know what I mean? Like you look young I forever. Mean, it depends on the Asian. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You look at my parents, even when they had cancer, they look great. Yeah. <laughs> and they crazy. were, they, they were 58 when they passed. Oh my God. And, yeah, uh, that's... but they looked like they were like 35, 40. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So talk to me about, you know, you've gone through college. It sounds like there was some, some pharmaceutical rep sales work in there. What led you into the world of training and coaching? Kind of give us your career path. Sure. So, I actually moved to LA to be a comedy writer. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> and comedy has always been a huge thing in my life. That's been the other escape for me from childhood. Like it was either sports or, you know, playing sports or telling stories. Okay. And I was, I was the funny friend. Yes. I was the funny girl. I like to like have fun. I'm the fun person. Oh, right. Sure. Yep. And so I, I really gravitated towards comedy and comedy writing because I never wanted to be on camera. Again, something no no one would ever think because (laughs) of Instagram and all those things. Yes. But in fact, 
I actually used to hate Instagram. And so my friend was like, you need to post every day. And I was like, no, I hate social media. It's so stupid, you know? And she's like, look, you can connect to a lot of people on there. You have to see it in a different scope. Right. And she was right. And, you know, here you are. There we are. But so, yes, I started as a athlete. I'm, my parents passed away. I went through this whole rogue thing of like, I'm not going to play golf. I don't want to be an athlete. I'm an artist. And I focused all my attention on becoming a creative writer. Okay. And I was doing other jobs, obviously, to pay my bills from pharmaceutical sales to you know, I, I ended up being like, I don't want to do pharmaceutical sales. That is so not me. I don't want to wear a suit every day and talk to doctors. I was like, so what else am I going to do? Naturally, I become an assistant. Then I wait tables. Then I bartend. Like I go in reverse order right. of like what most people do. Right. right. <laughs> and, you know, I went from corporate to being a bartender and I was tired of being a bartender. It was really fun in my 20s you know, especially in the party scene in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard at all the hot spots. I mean, sure. not gonna lie, had a blast. Sure. But then I was like, no, I want to do something more fulfilling and meaningful. And my best friend was like, why don't you become like a trainer or something part time? And I was like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I'm a, I used to be a former NCAA athlete at one of the top schools. I'm not gonna be a trainer. Like I had this stereotype in my head that is so unfair. You know, I've been very humbled by that Sure. now, but you know, I had that stereotype. I'm like, I'm not a meathead. I'm not a whatever, you know? And uh, she was like, well, you work out all the time anyways. And every time I would go work out, people would be like, oh, are you a trainer? I want to hire you. And I was like, no, I'm not a trainer. Leave me alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me do my workout. Right. <laughs> so I thought about it. And a couple weeks later, I was like, you know what? I went back to my best friend. I was like, I think you're right. Maybe, maybe I'll do that. So, you know, I got my cert and I went and I got a job at Equinox and I started training in Equinox and it was literally it to me, it was going to be a part-time gig. It was never this thing that was going to grow into a business. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway when I talk to new trainers, they're like, Oh, I really want to be a successful trainer, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, dive into the things that make you come alive. Then dive into the things that you're passionate about. They're like, oh, I want to move like you. I want to flow like you. I'm like, don't be like me. Like I, this just kind of happened. Right. Like do the things that you love. If you aren't into flow, don't do flow. If you're own, if you're really into strength training, do strength training. Right. If you're really into yoga, do yoga. But be open-minded to the things that are very different from what you do and take those pieces and add them in to what you're already doing. Yep. And so that's basically what happened to me. And Luckily, being at a place like Equinox, you know, I know it's corporate, but you know what? They, they're, they're really good with their internal education and they really, they really get their, their trainers to take other courses. And, uh, and I really appreciated that. And that is what got me more excited about being a trainer was continually educating myself right. in different systems other than, you know, your general periodization Yep. For strength training, maximal strength, weight loss, cardio, right, right? all that, all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is great and it's very foundational. It's very important for people to understand it. But I always say, like, learn the rules and break the rules. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's start kind of at that beginning, and I would love to say that you you have what I would describe as a very unique approach to training, right? Like you're not like most yeah. of the people that I've followed or interacted with. So let's start really basic. How would you mm-hmm. describe your training philosophy? Oh, my training philosophy, it would be a combination of understanding your basics, your foundations, right? Your push, pull, hinge, squat, press, carry, crawl, all those things, but also really realizing that it all comes down to even a more foundational level of developmental movement where, you know, you'll see in embryology and things like that, where, you know, we, we first, when we're babies, we learn how to creep, we learn how to crawl, we learn how to roll, right? Just turning your head is a really big thing. And, you know, as I'm sure, you know, you know, contralateral locomotive patterns really help babies develop neurally. And so, I think adults forget that and they're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to crawl on the ground. That's weird. You know, I don't, <laughs> right. that feels weird. I, oh, I don't, I don't want to take my shoes off. And it's like, we're humans. We right. were born with shoes on us. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it, it's interesting. It's like people are like, oh, that's so unique. And it is unique because it's not being done on a common basis, but 
we're humans. It is actually in our DNA. It's our programming. So what I, my way of training is to really take us back to being a human, train like a human versus train like a, you know, modern day society person. Right. Um, yep. And so, you know, because we are animals, we weren't born with shoes on our feet. That's what I always tell my clients. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're, I, they always fight me on, with the shoes. I'm like, you weren't born with shoes on your feet. Right. And so, <laughs> or I always say, like, if you wear really thick gloves all the time and then one day you took your gloves off, you wouldn't, you just like so much stimulation. Right. So, anyway, sorry. I'm kind of going off the I, path here. But I love it. With <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I, I like to train on a very primitive level first yep. and really get people to understand their crawling patterns, their rolling patterns, their breathing patterns, and everything that comes from the trunk because the trunk is ultimately what the body is trying to protect. We can yes. survive if we cut off our arms and legs. We cannot survive if we cut off our trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's basically where it starts and then going into the foundational patterns of push, pull, hinge, squat press, hang, all those things. And, and then from there, taking it into a much more dynamic athletic movement. And to me, that is what makes great athletes. It's not, uh, I think anyone can be trained to be a great athlete if they understand those primitive foundational patterns combined with traditional strength training patterns. And then you put them together and that that's what creates the athlete. I love it. And so yeah, I, I like to tool it that way. And then I like to look at the body and watch people move and go, how can I optimize their movement more? And you know, what, you know, you hear about ACL and MCL tears and stuff like that. And I look at it and I'm like, okay, well we can prevent that if we just get you rotating the ball of your foot a little bit more, you know, and just little, just little tweaks there and right. that I've noticed from my body weight practice. Yep. So let's start with kind of, you already talked about the trunk. Let's kind of work our way out. And you talked about being dynamic and you, you use the word flows and I'm not sure everybody knows what that means. So let's start, let's start talking about those a little bit. What the heck is a flow? How does it work? And what is your goal of including those in your sessions? So to me, a flow is just a lot of movement combined together. It's, it's a weaving. I was first known on, I guess you can call it like social media or whatever for animal flow. Animal flow is one of my favorite practices. It was created by Mike Fitch. He is one of my mentors, incredible human. And he created this system after he studied, I think it was parkour, hand balancing, gymnastics, and breakdancing. Oh, wow. Okay. And he, he decided to create this system to be like, cause it's, the, your your average Joe and Jill is not going to be like, I'm going to go learn breakdancing right, you know, or right. I'm going to do parkour and gymnastics. Like yeah. he wanted to make it very accessible for your average person to be able to do. So he created a really great system of how to call it out. Just like if you were to go to yoga, like I'm also a yoga certified instructor, and there's a certain system of how you teach a beginner, okay. right? It would be usually yeah. you call the inhale or the exhale you would call out the limb and then the direction you move it. And that's generally like the system patterning of how, you know, so he did the same thing with animal flow, but then I also love other styles, you know, from Ido Portal stuff to, you know, primal movements to back to developmental movement. Okay. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Itch>. <laughs> An itch. Yeah, itch. yeah. For those people who don't know we're on video. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So flow mining, and weaving together different movements. And it doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be animal flow. It can be a kettlebell swing combined with a push-up. To me, I just like to use the word flow because I go into a state of flow when I move, just like when an athlete is in their flow or in their zone, right? Flow state. But it was just, for me, the easiest word to describe it. Yes. And whether I'm doing body weight versions from yoga or, or animal flow or primal movement, or I'm throwing in a kettlebell or a dumbbell or a sandbag. In my mind, I like to use the word flow because it puts me in that state where Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm just being super technical and mechanical in my movement. And it feels much more athletic and powerful. Yeah. And because when you're in that state of flow, you're connected, whether it's mental or physical, it's just super connected. And the more connected you are, the more powerful you and more effective you can be. Gotcha. So, The thing that I love about that is, 
And again, I'm like this like technical kind of OCD type trainer or coach. Like I'm very focused on movement. I want people to move well. But at the same time, like you described, you don't want it to feel robotic. Right. And I think right. sometimes we get so into our own heads as to how we move. Does this, is this right? Does this feel perfect? Am I feeling the right muscles? So that's what I love. Like, as I started to follow some of your stuff and I, you know, obviously we hung out in the gym when we were in San Diego and I was like, dude, this looks awesome. Like, this is more of what I think, whether it's myself, my athletes, like that's where we need to trend some of this stuff versus, hey, man, let's just see how much weight we can get on a bar. Right. Right. Like there's value in that. And we know that. But at the same time, it's like, hey, but how well do you really own your own body weight? Can you change shapes? There's a lot of benefits to this style of training. Right. It it, it makes the athlete more athletic. It makes the athlete more adaptable to circumstances because there's no perfect conditions in sport or life. Right. And usually we get hurt when there's no when the conditions aren't perfect. perfect. Exactly. Yep. And so being a former athlete myself, I was the same. I was extremely mechanical and technical. And because I was going to so many coaches and they were coaching me constantly on how to perfect my golf swing, how to create more finesse, but it was so mechanical. There wasn't finesse there. And that's what I was missing. And if I knew now back then when I was a D one athlete, I would have been the top golfer for sure. And I would have trusted myself more because I think that's what a lot of athletes struggle with. They, they don't trust themselves. They trust the coaching. They don't trust themselves. Yep. And so, and that there's a disconnect there. That's a lack of flow state. And I think that like, if I, I really wish I could have known this then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a game changer because it really does change how you think as well. I love it. I love it. So after following you for a little while now, I think one thing that's interesting too, is like you alluded to it up front. There's you definitely don't have that new coach feel, right? Where it's like flow, I flow. That's all I do is just flow, right? Like you blend a lot of modalities. Like I see you and you're doing flows, but you've got, you know, kettlebells in there. You've got dumbbells in there. Like you do a lot of different things. So I'm interested when you're blending all those modalities, is that something that's planned or do you feel like your training is just generally more organic in nature? It's a combination of both. Okay. So I usually go in with a plan, but if I see something or my body's kind of wanting something, I, I, I do, I've trained so long now, like I'm 40, I've been working out three days a week minimum since I was been like 12 years old. Right. right. So it's been, my body's very conditioned yeah. and very hyper aware of what it wants. For sure. And so, you know, that's a lot of years of, of training. And so I listen to my body or I will have a plan. You know, sometimes I have certain goals, like right now, one of my goals is to get my handstand really super connected. So I want to be able to be feel free in my handstand and move around in my handstand. So I will specifically train for things like that, but I do it full body. And so like, I know that if I'm getting a strong one legged hinge going on, it's going to actually help me find more connection through my handstand as well. Cause there's certain parts of my body that I don't feel like I'm completely connected to in the handstand. So I will put, pull out some traditional stuff. Like I love still doing deadlifts and cleans and jerks and snatches. And then I will be like, no, you know, I feel like doing it with a a kettlebell today. So I do that. And then I start to play around. I'm like, ah, you know what? My body needs some, some mobility. My shoulder's a little tight in that snatch. So I'm going to get down on the ground, open it up with some crab reaches. And then, oh, I'm going to go ahead and get some thoracic stuff and and hip stuff going on. So I might as well just add in a scorpion reach in there. And then I go back to the thing that I was doing. Um, so a lot of times my, my personal workouts are like that. Now when I'm with my clients, I do try to plan ahead, but if I arrive and they're like, Oh, I don't feel so good. My my sinuses are terrible today. I'm like, okay, let's go in to do something else. But I will say I always start with breath work with my clients and myself. And then I go into prepping the body, whether that's myofascial release or that is uh, mobility or it's like an easy, super easy flow where we're staying low to the ground and then I get them moving more. And some, some days like that is going to be the biggest chunk of the workout. And I try to really gauge based on how my client's energy levels are and what their goals are, Yeah, you know? And so if I'm training with a client who wants to gain strength and, or, or if they're training with a client who's an athlete and they want to gain power and speed, you know, I will, those 
get changed up. For sure. For sure. But ultimately, I like to listen to what they need. I love it. And it, I think it's so liberating because, at least for me, like I grew up from a powerlifting background. So everything was done with a barbell. And if it wasn't a barbell, maybe it was a dumbbell. But like that was it, right? And so when you move into this kind of uh, thought process, like everything is on the table. Everything's an option. It just depends on like what is your body ready for that day? What tool is going to be best serve you on that mm-hmm. day or in that training block? And it's it's just it's such an easier way to operate versus working from this like fixed or rigid mindset all the time. Right, right. And and honestly, like I think whenever I, I am training a client, again, whether it is an athlete or just your average Joe or Jill, you know, they they really enjoy it more. Yes. They feel they feel like, oh, I'm I'm getting I'm learning so many new things. And and neurally, like their brain is really loving it. Mm-hmm. Their brain is like, wow, this is cool. They, brain loves novelty, yes. but I, brain also likes the reward. So I also tune into the things that they are. I know that they're good at and they're proud of. And I always give them that treat. I'm like, okay, nice. but you, you love doing snatches. So we're going to go back to snatches too. Right. So I give them the novelty, but I also give them the thing that makes them feel good. I love it. So one yeah. thing that that you had mentioned a while back is that in this day and age, we're so focused on body shape that Mm -hmm. we've forgotten about the importance of body function. And I just loved that statement. But would you take a few minutes and just elaborate on that a bit more? Sure. I don't think anything, I want to state first, I don't think anything is wrong with wanting to lose weight. I think that's important. We live in a very obese society now, a very sedentary society. And I don't think anything's wrong with losing weight. However, I do think that we have placed way too much emphasis on how we look and what our shape is versus the function. And even people who may look great, six pack abs, super ripped, I can bump out like, you know, 30 pull-ups in a row. They're just, they're they're not functional though. You know, that's the person that like, oh, I I hurt my back when I was picking something up in my car. And I'm like, you can do 30 pull-ups, but you like bent over to pick up pencil and you <laughs> right. hurt your back. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it's like, that's not functional. And and, it, it, and to me, that is a very great testament of, of that. Okay. Fitness is great, but is fitness truly wellness? And to me, that is what's really important. And that's how I train. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I was a fitness model and I still do fitness modeling here and there. I just right. did a Reebok shoot yesterday. Okay. So I'm, I get it. Aesthetics, they feel good, not even against it. But I think it's really important to be able to do all the things that you want to do in life. I think it's actually much more important. And I think that a lot of people don't train for that. People train to lose weight. They train for looks, they train for performance and performance. There's nothing wrong with it. But even an athlete, you know, by the time they're 50 years old, they feel very broken in their body. So then they'll hire someone like me to train them (laughs) to feel good again. Right. Right. But I think it's really important for us to understand that. And a lot of people, even in their thirties, they'll be like, Oh, I'm old. I'm in my thirties. I'm like, no, you're not. You're old. Yeah. They think that past 25 or past 30, you can't be in shape. And I'm a big believer that you can be in shape until you're 80 right? Right or 90. Right. I know one of, one of my clients, I post about her a lot on Instagram because she loves it. And um, <laughs> she's 66 years old. We do skin the cats. We do pull-ups. We do handstands. We do flow. You know, I'll have her do one-legged deadlifts and all kinds of stuff like that. She, she loves it. Now, That's did we awesome. start there? No. When, when she came to me, she had just had a cervical surgery on her yeah. neck and was scared to do a body weight row on a TRX. So it takes time, but I want people to know that everything is possible. And for people who feel like, Oh, well, I wasn't an athlete or, Oh, I'm, I'm old. I'm 50. I've never worked out. Like they, they get, they're scared. Yep. Everything's a learnable skill. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I just had this discussion with some people in my gym the other day. Like I really thought at like 22 that like at 40, you're basically on your deathbed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, 40 is so old. I could never imagine. And now I'm 41 and I think, wow, like I wish I would have known at 22 that 41 could feel like this. And it's not like I'm in like fitness model shape, but I feel good. I take care of my body. So I think that in and of itself is another like huge mindset shift. If you can start to understand like, look, play the long game here. It's not just having the ripped abs at 22. Like, that's great. Again, if that's your goal. Right. But it's setting the stage and building that foundation so that you can be healthy and feel good in your own skin for an entire lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I am stronger now 
than I was when I was 25. I'm yeah. than 20. Even when I was a D1 athlete, I can yeah. lift more weight now than I could then. I can do more things, right? Cool. And and it feels so freeing. And it, it that truly is where confidence comes from. Is I I believe confidence comes from building skills in your life. It's not just like this magical thing. I think confidence is an action or a result of action that you take. And so, you know, I thought the same thing. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, ooh, he's 34. That's old. Right. right. Meanwhile, I'm in the best shape of my life at 40 and I can lift more weight. You know, I, I was, it's, it's, it's awesome. It feels good. And I think that is why my motto is get strong at every angle. I love it. And I think a lot of people, they, that that's again, if we want to go back to that conversation of flow, that's what I love about flow. You're constantly having to stabilize dynamic movement of your body. I weigh 150 pounds. So I'm 150 pounds of trying to restabilize constantly. You know, there's so much to be gained from that in, in a mobile state, you know, right? Like when it comes to mobility, but truly when it comes to stability, right? You can't have mobility without stability. Yeah. So I just totally you can't have mobility without stability yep and so that is what i love about flow and i do think that more and more athletes if they train that way they could lift heavier they could go harder they would perform better because you will never have perfect perfect circumstances true that's great so before the show you and i were going back and forth on the gram and we discussed how important it is to keep an open-minded approach to training. And I definitely voiced my thoughts on this over the years, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Why do you feel it's so important to keep that open mind? Because we don't know everything about the body. (laughs) True. We are constantly discovering new things about the body, new science about the body. You know, one year red meat's terrible for you. One year red meat's great for you. One year this is, you know, like every year there's new information. And at the end of the day, I think, humans are incredible. We are an incredible computer that can do so much more than we have discovered. I think we know like maybe 10% of what we can actually do Right. because you're always hearing those amazing stories. And I do believe in the placebo effect, you know, if, and every scientific study has one thing in common, they have placebo effect. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of that. I mean, and going back to my origin of losing both of my parents to cancer, I truly my, my dad had lung cancer, was not a smoker, barely drank. I, I drank, but right. he, 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 you know, he, you know, he, he was social, yeah. social drinker, was athletic, had a great social life, but my dad did not handle stress well and he yes. kept it in. And I'm a very big believer of like energy and I feel like he held it in his chest. Yeah. And then after my dad died, my mom, I believe died of a broken heart. Her, she felt she basically died after he did. Yeah. And so, and she had lymphoma. And so I just felt like she was kind of like dying from the inside out. And that's why energetically, I think that's important too. You know, so I am a very big believer of both Eastern and Western medicine and Eastern yes. and Western thoughts. Yeah. And so I think it's important for people to, to be open-minded because we don't know everything about the body. Just right. 10 years ago, you couldn't, acupuncture was not on the list of being covered by health insurance, but yeah. now it is right. because they're starting to discover, oh, wow, meridians do exist, yes. <laughs> you know, right. and they're starting to discover so much more about the body. So, you know, be humble and, and, and be open-minded yeah. because I was that trainer 15 years ago that said yoga is for pussies. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, yes. now I go to yoga three to five times a week. And I'm a yoga certified instructor. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really, it's been a very humbling journey. And that's what I love about being in the wellness and the fitness space. Yeah. And so here's one thing I would challenge you if you're listening to this show and, and if you're a new trainer, it probably won't work as well. But if you've done this anything more than five years, like go back and look at what your programs look like, go back and think about what your thought process look like. I mean, I look back even five years and I want to cringe and I've been doing this close to 20 now. So, you know, just imagine that 2002 Mike Robertson program, like that was like archaic. I mean, it was from the stone ages. And so just thinking about that evolution. And and again, like you said, you've got to be around people that are going to push you, that are going to challenge you in a, in a respectful way. But I think if you can do that, man, like you said, 
there's just so much more evolution to go as far as what we know about the body, how we train the body, all of the things. And, and what you said really hit a big note, who you surround yourself with, tribe, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Your yep. crew, your tribe, your team, whatever word you want to use. Some people get offended by the word tribe. Right. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully not <laughs> but, if you're listening uh, to this. Yeah, hopefully not if you're listening. But I really believe that the people you surround yourself with is a huge impact. So, you know, whatever you do for a living, whether you are a coach or you're an athlete or, you know, you're just an average person who just wants to learn more about the body. Think about the people in your life. And are they supportive? Do they support you in in the ways that you need, right? Not in a people-pleasing way, but in a very honest way and in a way that where you are finding growth with your relationship with them. And I think that's really important. I, I'm a, I have an amazing tribe of friends in LA. All of us work in wellness and fitness. I met half of them on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up hanging out and are we vibed and we believe in a lot of the same things. And sometimes we don't, but we're able to have an open discussion where we're not making each other wrong because we understand that everything depends. And there's so many different circumstances. And and we learn from each other all the time. And I think that is so important. Absolutely. You know, like like babies die if they're not being socialized, you yes. know, if they're not being held and touched and yep. and connected to. And so as adults, like we're the same. We have to we have to connect to others. We have to touch others. I don't mean that in a creepy way, but I mean that in yes. a very like loving way. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. I love it. So big question time. If mm-hmm. you could alter the space-time continuum and give young Venus Lau one piece of advice about training and or life, what would it be? I would say trust your instincts. Love it. Yes. You know, trust your instincts and just trust yourself. Yes. That's what I didn't do when I was a kid, when I was an athlete. I did not trust myself. It took me a really long time to understand that. And movement is one of the tools that helped me understand myself. I love it. And I just talked about this a little while ago, but I think in your case, it sounds like maybe your parents held you back from trusting your instincts a little bit. In a lot of cases now, I feel like social media has taken this away from us, right? Like there's so much information out there. There's so many ways or reasons that we may think to question ourselves. And it could be as a trainer, as a coach, as a human being, but like, man, that is such great advice because so many people need to hear that. We're so caught up in our own brains now. And Mm -hmm. it's that paralysis by overanalysis and we never Mm -hmm. like really live or never really are in the moment. So I think that's fantastic advice. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. There's so much advice on the internet and I always just tell people, (laughs) try it, try them all right? and figure out what works best for you. (laughs) Right. You know? Yes. You know, someone likes their egg boiled, someone likes their egg poached and someone else likes their egg easy over, but, and then none of them are wrong. Right. They're just different ways to cook an egg. So I think depends on, you know, each person to each their own and you got to figure out what that means. And, you know, one day you, you used to hate poached eggs and then, you know, 15 years later, you're like, you know what? Poached eggs are really great on eggs. Benedict. Yeah. Like you're allowed, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed yes. to evolve. You're allowed yeah. to be like, now I like it. Yeah. I didn't like it before, but now I'm going to give it another try. Yep. And that's all part of growth. I love it. I love it. All right. Last but not least, we have our lightning round. So four fairly short questions. Your answer can be as short as long as you'd like. All right. Okay. Number one, who has been a positive influence on you in the fitness industry? My tribe. Yeah. My friends. Yeah. Can you uh, name a few? Sure. Jenna Scare. She's Doc Jen Fit. Marcus Martinez. He is kettlebell exercises. He's coming on the show Uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's one of my besties. Jacqueline Umoff, she is Action Jacqueline. Julia Glanz, she's Julia Glanz. On <laughs> she used to be a strength and conditioning coach. My buddy, Coach Eric Schmidt, he is actually the one who told me about you and Phil and everything. He awesome. is a strength and conditioning coach who just got a job with the NBA. So, okay. um, cool. yeah, and, and, and a lot of other friends on there that we all connect to each other. In fact, one of my favorite things, sorry, this is not a lightning that, totally answer, cool that. Totally cool. but one of my buddies, I got to give him a shout out. His name's Nate Mesmer. He's this incredible human who started City Fit Fest up in San Francisco. And what I love about City Fit Fest is that he takes trainers from all walks of earth, from me doing with animal flow to yoga 
to kettlebells to Barry's boot camp and all everything you can think of of wellness and puts them in this one thing. It's like Coachella for fitness. Oh, cool. And it's every year in October, but he's he wants to start having one in LA soon. Okay. But I, I would say that event itself is like all encompassing of like what I truly believe of like the future of wellness, the future of fitness and having tribe and having people that support each other that do different things. I love it. Okay. Number two, talk to me about the bench challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I was having a Christmas party and my friend Sierra Nelson, she came over and she was like challenging everyone to do this, this bench. So you have, you get this bench and you're supposed to hug the bench and, and basically get your body to go under and back over without touching the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's an amazing exercise to have at a party, especially full of fitness people. We're all just cheering each other on and screaming and yelling. And we've maybe had a couple of glasses of wine at that time. (laughs) And it's just, it's hysterical. It's a really fun thing to do. And it, it itself is a push pull challenge like it is not easy (laughs) no it looks so hard and i was like looking at our benches in our gym afterwards i'm like damn it they all have like the little cross piece underneath because yeah i was like oh we're making our staff do this like if i have to go out and buy a new bench to pull that off we're gonna make it happen i suggest going to like a goodwill or play it against sports or something like that and getting like an old school bench that's just like it's just a bench it doesn't move it doesn't change yeah. <laughs> okay. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. So number three, I'm really excited about this one. Talk to me about your content creation process because you are, as we noted before the show, you are prolific on the uh, socials. So is this something that you plan out or again, is it just something more organic? Again, it's just like the way I train. Sometimes it's planned out of like, I'm going to talk about this this week. You know, this is what I feel people need to hear, or I'll have a theme that week that I feel like I'm going to toss to my audience. But a lot of times it is organic. I I, I don't really film in bulk and then post on social media. Sometimes I do. Most of the time it is organic and it's very like, oh, this day I feel this energy coming through me and I really want to share this. Right. Or I'll be training with a client and doing something with them. And I'm like, you know what? I think a lot of people will benefit from this. So I'll go home and I'll, I'll film it or I'll film it with my client. It's not this thing that's always super planned out for me, what social media is, it is a place to share. It's a place to connect. And if I can offer value to other people, that to me is what lights me up. So I like to post things that I personally feel adds value to my life. And I'm hoping that it adds value to others. Yeah. I love that. And again, I'll make sure I get your IG handle in the uh, show notes, but if you do not follow Venus, she's got some very, very cool stuff. Number four, last but not least, what's next for Venus Lau? What do you got going on? What are you excited about? I just launched my Venus Fit subscription membership, and I am so stoked about it because, you know, earlier when you're talking about, oh, my gosh, Mike Robertson five years ago, oh, that's so archaic. That's how I feel about a lot of my stuff, too. (laughs) And so (laughs) I decided to do a subscription so I can constantly give people valuable content on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. So as I'm improving, as I'm constantly growing and learning, so can my audience. Love it. And, you know, because I, I look at my programs that I did a couple of years ago, and I'm like, they're still good, but I would do it slightly different now, or I would cue right. that slightly different. And they're, they're all great. Like, I feel like they're programs that will stand at least for the next 10 or so years. Right. I'm very proud of them. But at the same time, I have learned so much in the yeah. last even just six months. For sure. So, you know, I'm always taking new courses and, and I'm always trying to collaborate with people like you. And also what I would like to do with the membership, also just launch the app, the app in oh, the app store. Okay. Uh-huh. What I also want to do is I want to do more interviews like this, but I want them to be on video. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah. And because shy Venus from back in the day is not shy anymore. And I love being on camera with the people I'm interviewing. Right. I would love to have you come and, and be one of the people I interview and yeah. we do some fun stuff. Ooh. So I do have a comedy background, so I want to make it fun and yes. funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I'm a little nervous if I have to do anything <laughs> semi-athletic anymore. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, so here's might, what I'm going to have to do. You might have to do that bench challenge. I'm going to have to do the bench challenge. I'm going to have to start yeah. doing more flows. 
That's right. I have right. to get myself like primed so I'm ready for this. Right. Or the human veg challenge. Oh, yes. Yes. I saw that video too. <laughs> that looked awesome. <laughs> well, Venus, you've been awesome to chat with. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great stuff you're working on? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. My website is venusfit.com. And my Instagram handle is Venus, the number two, the letter B, and then the letters F-A-B. So that's Venus to the fab. That was an old email from back in the day. Yeah, and I love Venus it. Venus Fit was already taken. <laughs> and But I, I am starting a TikTok page. And it, on oh. TikTok, I'm Venus Fit. Okay. On Facebook, I'm also Venus Fit. And on YouTube, I'm also Venus Fit. Okay. So if you generally just go to venusfit.com or my my site for my membership is venusfit.bhx.tv, but venusfit.com will take you to any of those. Gotcha. Well, I'll make sure. And, yeah. Yeah, I'll make sure I get as many of those in there as possible. And man, the next thing you're going to have to teach me about is the TikTok thing. I am not up to speed on that at all. Me neither. I am still learning. <laughs> Some people have poo-pooed it and they're like, eh, I don't want to do another new thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's how I felt about Instagram, right? right? We all remembered MySpace and then <laughs> there was Facebook and yeah. then there's Instagram and then there's Snapchat and there's always something new. And I, I'm a big believer of like, if something's new, try it out, check yeah, it out. For sure. Don't stick your nose up at anything new. For sure. Even oh. if it looks really dumb, just try it. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know what's going <laughs> to be know. the next Instagram, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Venus, thank you so much for coming on. This was really great. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's show with Venus. Sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Like I told you up top, she's just an amazing human being, somebody that I've known for a very short period of time, but somebody I have a ton of respect for and somebody who I really enjoy chatting with and learning from. So, if you enjoyed this show, please do us a solid, share this wherever you can, Facebook, Twitter, the gram, anywhere that you think you can put this out there and somebody will benefit from hearing my message and Venus's message put together, man, I would appreciate that more than you know. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. This is the last time you're going to hear from me in 2019. So I just want you to know, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening in every week. It means more to me than you will ever know. So my friend, here is to 2020, making a safe and happy new year, and I will catch you on the other side. Take care.